This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to Tort Talk. This is the podcast put on by Gross and Schuster Law Firm, talking about legal things, things you might be interested to know should you ever have to go to court. Maybe you want to know about Florida seatbelt laws. Maybe you want to know about what you would need to do if you were struck by a state-owned vehicle. Hey, these are real podcast episodes that we've talked about before. All you have to do is just go back and listen to previous episodes. Now, who am I? Well, I'm not important. I'm Paul Staden. I'm the person that asks questions of the person who is important on the show, the person who can answer them, and that would be Terrence Gross. Welcome back to the show, Terrence. Uh, glad to be here. So we've been talking about whether or not somebody may or may not need a lawyer. Again, as you said in the previous episode, 98% of the time, you're going to want to have a lawyer on your side. And then we talked about some of the reasons why you might not. But I think one of the more helpful, illustrative things that people can get from this show are your personal stories about the things you've had to deal with. This is very illustrative because they're, these are real-world examples. So you can say... I know this can happen because this happened. I represented this person. So let's go over some more of the stories, examples from your practice where we can maybe talk about whether somebody may or may not need a lawyer. And of course, mostly I'm looking for why someone really would want a lawyer on their side. Can you kind of illustrate for me like where your expertise really comes into play for people? Well, first of all, I've always enjoyed since being a lawyer, of using the academics of the law in my favor. So I'm very academic. Now, some lawyers are, you know, they're, they're blowhards. Uh, mm. They're full of themselves. Uh, but I like the academics. And I love using, you call it a technicality, call it what you want mm. in our favor. And I would bet you that 50% of the so-called personal injury lawyers in the state of Florida have no idea about how to work the victim's compensation fund in their favor if they have someone injured in an accident due to the negligence of a drunken driver. Mm. And so here's how it works. I had a lady in Walton County, and it's Highway 90. So that same Highway 90 I talked about on a past show at through Milton, if you just keep on going on it yep. and you keep on going east, eventually you're going to go through Crestview and you get to, to Defunex Springs in Walton County. Well, she's driving on this major artery. This is a major artery that parallels the interstate, four lanes, and some guy that was just trashed blew a stop sign on a side road, never stopped, T-bones her, Horrible car wreck, immediate surgeries, never could work again. Uh, last time I saw her, she was still in a wheelchair two years after the accident. The guy that hit her, the drunk, of course, only had a 10000 limit, of course. And uh, to her credit, she actually had 75000 UM, which is pretty good for the modern people, but that's 85000 Yeah. And her bills were over 200000 mm. So try doing the math there. So mm. how in the world... Does she get anything? And then, then the lawyer fee and then the doctors and all that. Well, it was a drunken driver. Uh-huh. And so the a large part of that bill, I forget what it was. I think like 180000 was to the hospital. So uh, we made a petition in Tallahassee 
to the uh, this this uh, victims crime fund. It, it was set up for victims of, of crime. Probably the intent way back when when they did it was probably for rape victims and mm-hmm. people that have been assaulted, you know, stabbed and whatever. And it was just a compensation fund to give them a little bit of money or help them with something. So it's a fun, but if you think about it, DUI is a crime. Right. So it, it is included. Hmm. Uh, so we made a petition, and it took it takes forever. You got to get them to pay. They want to do this, and then you got to get the hospital to accept. And so my paralegal asked me, she says, Terry, we're doing all this. Isn't it a waste of time? You know the hospital's not going to take three thousand dollars or something we were asking for three thousand right. the bill was 180 because under that statute the crimes compensation statute any entity that takes her money has to write off the balance uh-huh. it's state law okay she says they're not going to do that i said yes they are because some clerk low-lying clerk is going to see a check and when they see a check they're going to put deposit and he goes to the bank. Right. <laughs> they're not going to be paying. It's, they, huh. they, they're so happy they got $3,000 on this account that nobody's been paying on. Mm-hmm. Once that transpired, then we contacted them and said, hey, you you, you, you took 3000 You got to write off $177,000. And, of course, we're wrangling for months. But then right. we, sh- we show them the statute. Here's wow. a statute, and, and we're just saying, hey, listen, I mean, we'd rather not have to litigate this. I mean, why don't you, don't you have a legal department? Huh. Anyway, so, boom, $177,000 disappears. Now, under that crimes compensation fund, it says if you get compensation, then you have to pay them back, which, you know, paying back three wouldn't be bad. But then we went to the crimes compensation fund and just wrote them a sob story and said, listen, this lady's in a wheelchair for life, can't go back to work. It, 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 all she's got is this 85000 Would you wave? Can you do the right thing? And, and in this case, wave, and they waved. Wow. So we got a free pass. Huh. So so 180 gone, and then we whittled down the rest. So at the end of the day, again, I compromised my fees uh, on the case to whatever, and I think she got like $50,000 on a 85 settlement, which still is horrible. Right. Uh, but but the results under the fact, I don't deal the cards. I got to play the hand. Right, right. And, and that's, yeah, you know, the case, had there been coverage, would have been worth millions. I mean, but. but sure. It, it, um, but it goes on. So we, we what we do is we just try to take the law and we work it to our advantage. Um so then if we get Medicare to pay, Medicare is very unusual the way they reduce their liens. They do have a traditional formula that basically will reduce it by the amount of the fees and costs for a lawyer. So if you got a one-third fee plus a little cost, 35%. So they'll take 35%, but then you could argue other things and knowing what to argue. In fact, you could argue your client's uh, comparative negligence. So I had a case where my client was driving down the road, wasn't wearing their seatbelt, which is not a mm, good thing. Mm-hmm. They weren't wearing a seatbelt, but somebody violated the right of way, classic T bone. So someone else caused the wreck, and we were able to settle and get the money. But then when I was talking to Medicare, I'm bringing out to Medicare, oh, by the way, my client wasn't wearing a seatbelt. 
because that's comparative negligence. Uh-huh. So I made Medicare reduce their lien even more. So I sort of, it sounded like I was throwing my client under the bus. Right. But the end result was my client got more money <laughs> because I was able to take the law and use it to my advantage by arguing comparative negligence that, that you know, that my client should have been wearing a seatbelt. Therefore, you know, we, we got to, we have to uh, reduce the lien. That is fascinating. Yeah. So I, 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 I do this all the time. I, sure. I, I, I like to, uh, but you got, you got to have something. So some, even my paralegals, they just want to say, go to a doctor and see if they'll take 25% or 50%. I said, never do that. Do not do that. What you do, you have to have a pre-planned sales pitch. You can't just keep on asking these doctors to write off, write off. You got to have something to say. You know, we have low limits. Um, my client, you know, or so maybe we could lose this case in court because when they hear that, they're mm-hmm. a little worried because the doctors want to get paid and they understand if you go to court and lose, uh, they get nothing. Right. So right. they're actually on a contingency. They don't know they're on a on a contingency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are, and I've gone to cases in, in, in court a few times, and of course I've lost. And anybody that tries cases loses, and I've always you know, told my client, you still owe the bills, but the, the doctors know they'll never be paid. Right. Uh, so so that, that is a motivation sometimes you know, if, they, if you put enough fear in them <clears throat> that the case you know, may not go well in litigation. Uh, that they'll take less. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, Terrence, these are, I think, really good illustrative stories people can take. Um, I'm curious, and we, we're just about out of time. Uh, so I, I hate to ask you one final question before we go, but, well, here we go. Um, we've talked about these examples with, with uh, being able to get people more, being able to get people. Are there any other examples you can think of of something like this 40 chess kind of you're talking about where you threw your client under the bus, so to speak, uh, like these kinds of things that it would seem it would be harmful, but it actually ends up helping your client. Do you have any other examples of one that? One quick one. One quick one is another seatbelt case. So years ago, I had a father that was taking his daughter, who was about four years old, to school. And someone violated his right-of-way. And the daughter was in the back of the car. She may have been wearing just a lap belt, maybe. right? I'm not sure, but whatever it was, she did a face plant on his dash. So Ooh. whatever the story was, she went in a child mm, seat or nope. whatever, and she had a, a fractured orbital socket. So the person that hit him, who did that, only had a ten thousand limit. That's oh, all I can get. Right. My my dad had a twenty five. Uh huh. And he didn't have uninsured motorist. So I told him, I said, I got. I can get 10, but I think I got a way of getting another 25, but you may not like it. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, I'd like another 25. Right. I said, well, we need to argue that you're at fault for not seat belting your, your child correctly because mm-hmm. you were negligent. You didn't cause mm-hmm. the wreck, but you were technically negligent in not securing your child, and therefore, and um, that argument worked, and we got 35000 <sighs> So wow. again, I, I use that that kind of uh, the law and the facts of the case uh, uh, to our advantage. Thank you so much for bringing these great examples, Terrence. I look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, now, if you want to listen to any of the old episodes of the show, or more recent episodes of the show for that matter, they're, they're available in the same place. Terrence Gross, uh, what is the p- website people can go to where they can find these podcasts? 
Website, uh, well, I don't know about that. Be Tort Talk is the website for the podcast, but the website for my law firm is grossandschuster.com. And my phone number is 850-434-33. I mean, yeah, 434-3333. There you go. 850 area code, of course. Right. Uh, which if you have Verizon, then you're going to have to dial. Uh, and of course, you can find this podcast also on podcast streaming platforms, you know, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, those kinds of places. So if you really want to find it, it's not that hard to find. We appreciate you listening. We hope you join us next week. Thanks so much for joining me in the studio, Terrence. Take care. Take care.